is the last coffee house this is movie monday on tuesday <laughs> it's a new feature we're doing and today we're talking about two movies we're talking about Locke and ophelia mostly because they're both a single name one of them i loved and one of them i hated so you have to guess i'm going to be very cryptic about which one i loved and which one i hated you'll have to guess by my review Locke is a movie starring tom hardy it's written and directed by stephen knight i don't know anything else by the guy tom hardy plays ivan Locke, an important construction manager with a wife and children and a terrible secret that forces him to confront himself and jeopardize everything he has now the entire film is told during a single solitary car ride that's right the entire movie (laughs) is one car ride and the entirety of the cinematography the blocking the audio visual all that stuff is tom hardy driving a bmw suv that's that's the whole deal at night on a relatively sparse motorway that's the entirety of the movie so the way the movie actually happens is you have tom hardy calling various people from his wife to his children to a bunch of people that he works with and people that he needs to contact for various purposes for his job his boss amongst other people and this is the action this is what happens in the movie now just to explicitly give it away if you want to watch this movie i had no idea what this movie was about i had no idea anything about it it was on netflix i just thought i'd i'd turn on at some point and i started it and as it's going along i'm like oh my is he really gonna be in a car for this entire movie (laughs) but just to give away the game because there's no way i'd be able to cover this up i i love this movie it was very good the character development and the range of the character is really admirable they managed to work in in the midst of this setup and the way that this is structured they managed to work in backstory and family issues and interactions with family that establish what what the characters are like and tom hardy just does such a fantastic job his acting is absolutely top notch you know this is the guy that plays venom he's really popular guy who's in inception he does a bunch of big movies like that but in this he really gets to hunker down and just do some real serious acting (laughs) and it's really nice to see and it might have something to do with the accent he gets to use (laughs) it just seemed really natural that he got to use it so whatever it made me think of like death of a salesman by arthur miller it had that kind of a quality to it where it seemed like it was emblematic of something about class consciousness at this point in history you know (laughs) there was something a little bit more to it i mean death of a salesman has a lot of thematics going on and the characters are really structured around those themes and this lock it seemed like it was more about this is a real character and a real person just functioning within this context so it it didn't really have the same thematic weight but it still it made me think of that and made me consider it i know his daughter at the beginning i think mentions waiting for godot or was it his daughter i don't i don't remember i know he had at least two sons i can't remember this now but you should go you should go see it if you want to see it i'm going to spoil the major part of it is that as he's going along it turns out that he's driving to a woman that he accidentally impregnated while on a business trip he's driving to her because she has nobody and she's about to give birth to his kid so one of the things i love about it is just that it's more of a play than it is a film when it comes to the intricacies of what the characters act like because it's really trying to understand and trying to get across the complexities about how he sees himself and how he acts relative to other people and it really has an impact on his life in profound ways you know that he doesn't he doesn't want to happen but it's a matter of character that he's doing the things that he's doing and 
it's great to see characters who do things that are in tune with their character that have real ramifications for the character within the plot. And of course, this is, it's a guy in a car, so <laughs> how much really happens, but there's just a lot more complexity to the characters themselves, the way that they're written, the way that they act. I know the director, he would occasionally, he would get the characters on the other line, you know, on the phone, who are supposed to be on the phone. He would get them to say other things to Tom Hardy so Tom Hardy could react in different ways to what the characters were doing. And there really is this kind of organic quality to the way that they have their conversations. It's just, it's really, it was really enjoyable and surprising. You know, I didn't know it was going to be this kind of a movie, so it was great to watch. Okay, so now, having given the game away, if you understand <laughs> binary or math or whatever, Ophelia! Ophelia is um, one of the most disgustingly horrible pieces of digital trash I've ever had the displeasure of sitting through. I did watch the entire thing. I got all the way through. It took three sittings to get through it because I was so annoyed and angry. And it absolutely, I think I've said before, I get an urge to waterboard a kitten when things happen that are this bad. I mean, where to begin? It, where to begin with this thing? It, it dumbed down and appropriated the source material. Obviously, if you don't know, the basic story of Ophelia is just Hamlet through a Ophelia's eyes. Perfectly fine structure to make your movie off of, or a play, or anything like that. Perfectly fine structure. But it completely dumbs down and appropriates the source material of Hamlet to such a degree that I would not be surprised if this was written by a dumb nine-year-old. It was really that bad. It, it was so terrible. So it tries to create, like, okay, this is the background of Hamlet. This is what Ophelia was doing and thinking, so that she's not so much a background subsidiary character who's just being acted upon by all the males in the play, which I'm perfectly fine with writing a real story that gets at that point, that makes her a real character, and it gives her more things to do. Now, when it comes to Hamlet, I actually think she has a lot that's going on beyond just whatever people who haven't really read the play or have never read the play think is going on with her. But in this, like I said, it's perfectly fine to want to do that with a character, to make her more prominent or give her backstory and, and ideas and things that are going on with her and, and expanding her character and expanding themes and philosophies from Hamlet itself, that would be perfectly fine. This is a shockingly stupid nonsense that completely ignores everything about themes or philosophy or ideas that are explored by the play or any new ideas or themes or philosophies that could be explored by this character in this story. The only thing that you could say about when it comes to bigger ideas or themes or philosophies, the only thing you could say is that I am woman and I have power. That's the only thing that you could do that they're say that they're trying to do with this character. And it's extremely extremely frustratingly superficial. It's ridiculous. When I looked it up, I saw it got terrible reviews, but they weren't apocalyptic reviews. It was not bad enough. They didn't start their review off with, after a bout of projectile vomiting, I sat down to finally write this review. They didn't start that way. So they were just completely off the mark, if that was the case. Now, Daisy Ridley, I mean, she has no ability whatsoever to create subtext when it comes to the character that she's acting as. She just acts whatever emotion she happens to need to feel for any given scene. That's all she does, and I've only seen her in Star Wars and this now. But she does not have the ability to create subtext, to have an anchor from which you are acting and feeling the emotions, a character anchor from which you're acting to feel the emotions. She's not capable of it. It does not happen. <laughs> which creates an incredibly superficial character that it's difficult. I mean, obviously Naomi Watts, she plays the queen in this and you've got Clive Owen for some reason as the king, the not the cuckolded king, the other one. <laughs> 
<laughs> the brother. So Naomi Watts, she knows her stuff. She can create an anchor and she can act perfectly fine. <laughs> and she does what she can with this slop. And Clive Owen, he does, you know, he knows what he's doing too. He's a good actor. He just is a little weird in this, in this part. But Daisy Ridley, no idea whatsoever. She's just this blank thing that feels ex emotion at any given time. But it's incredibly juvenile dialogue. Like they try at the beginning to have some kind of Shakespearean dialogue. They take like the dialogue from Shakespeare, dumb it down a whole bunch and then and make it a lot shorter and then just use that to go through much of the dialogue in the movie and in the beginning you could tell the writer tried to do their own version of Shakespearean dialogue for the scenes that didn't happen within Hamlet but just just gave up you know like a third of the way through just gave up doing that and just went back to incredibly generic dialogue just to get the thing over with I mean honestly this kind of a thing can be done extremely well Rosencrantz and Gildenserta are dead is specifically this kind of a story where it's the background of what's happening in Hamlet for Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and it explores all these ideas of absurdism and nihilism and arcane philosophies and deep ideas about all sorts of stuff, and it's extremely clever, extremely witty, and it has them weaving in and out of the Hamlet story as they're going along. Very good. This one, absolutely not like that. This is like if Pride and Prejudice was rewritten as a Friends episode, or if you just thought 2001 A Space Odyssey was too ponderous and you couldn't get anything out of it, so you just made an episode of Star Trek. And it's just like one of the worst things that has ever existed. It's it's so stupid. It's so bad. Anyway, so it's just the story as it goes through. It's just Ophelia. Like I said, she's in the background. She's in love with Hamlet and just like exceedingly in love with him. They completely mix up and change the way things happen in Hamlet because eventually they go into just replaying the play itself as opposed to just being the background or the setup for it to show more of Ophelia. It just goes right into the play and then it reincorporates a bunch of stuff to make Ophelia more of a center of the things that happen in Hamlet. It's like incredibly dumb things. She faked her death and they've got this extra side character that's the twin of the queen who's a witch who was wronged at some past thing and then shows up to conquer the place at the end. And then Ophelia got pregnant. And fled before the whole thing between at the duel where everybody kills everybody. And she fled and had the kid. And it's so terrible. It's so absolutely terrible. The reviewers weren't harsh enough for this nonsense, even at like 55 or 60 whatever percent on Metacritic. This is not the kind of thing that should ever be acceptable uh, when it comes to writing or filmmaking or acting in her case. I mean, just all of it, just all the most terrible things about it. Anyway, so that's Locke and Ophelia, two dying diametrically opposed approaches to being creative filmmakers or writers and i just wanted to share uh, you know like i said it's movie monday on tuesday and we've got a super awesome interesting book coming up next that's going to be the very next episode as far as i know i'm hitting that one hard it was a great read and we'll see how it goes and then a whole bunch of books coming up after that and then we'll <laughs> we'll be moving along moving along with 2020 i hope everything's great i hope to see you on the next one okay bye <laughs>